And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. Rat of a Red Baron here, joined by... The Masker's Massey. That's right. He decided to take up smoking over the weekend, uh, and he, he got really good at it. Yeah, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Sound like like a grizzled old, like uh, like somebody, a guy who's seen it all, coming to talk at the school. There's a... Have you ever watched Futurama? Yes. The old, like... Like the old tramp uh, in the purple dress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, yeah, that's exactly what I think I sound like. Right I, you know, that's an underrated show. Fantastically underrated. I love that show. It's a, like whenever like that like adult <laughs> cartoon, bless you, uh, like comes into conversation, totally overlooked. And there's just like so many classic Bender lines. Uh, Fry is just like the lovable idiot. Yeah, I identify with Fry a lot. <laughs> uh, I love how like. Most most episodes, I won't say all begin, but there's like uh, like a, a majority of times, like in an episode, you'll hear uh, like like the line like "Good news, everyone!" Like it's just good news, everyone. It's just it's I don't know. It's like their their calling card. <laughs> uh, it's, there's so many just good lines from that show. I I reference it constantly. Now is uh, that is that show done? Or do they kind of revive it? It has been canceled, revived, canceled, revived, canceled, and is being revived for a fourth time. Really? See, it got to a point, because I, I watched the majority of it uh, on, I want to say it was just Comedy Central reruns. So, yeah, Comedy Central had it for a while. Um, so, uh, it initially premiered on box uh for like the first few seasons and then comedy central picked it up and then uh it got canceled but uh the eighth season just came out like and uh what was i gonna say like i i remember that the particularly long it wasn't like the simpsons seasons i think tended to be uh longer yeah i mean um like 16 to 22 episodes per season. Uh, the later seasons got more just as they got <laughs> renewed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, they weren't particularly long, but uh, they're still some of the best episodes. Uh, yeah. Any show I've ever watched. <laughs> I love it. Oh, but uh, enough of our uh, Futurama uh, tangent. Um, you know, though you're not uh, Futurama. <laughs> hypnotoad and what and what have you. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, drinking anything tonight, d- despite your your uh, illness? Yeah, it's called Dayquil. Ah, there you go. No, I'm just I'm just drinking water. Maybe a, like a small shot of tequila, just to help. There you know. go. W- w- uh, warm, warm the throat and whatnot. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, what about uh, you? I am still working on my dogfish variety pack. I have here. 
Um, this locale IPA is called Slightly Mighty Locale IPA. This of of the beers in this pack. This is the one I'm kind of most skeptical about. I I find that anytime a brewery does their take on oh this is going to be an easy drinking locale IPA, it kind of leaves a like a lot to be desired. Yeah. Uh, but I could be surprised. Sitting at four percent. I love to like it's for the health health conscious person. They they have all across the entire top of the label, ninety five calories, three point six carbs. Like listen, I, I, I'm drinking. I'm not counting my carbs when I'm drinking. It's just it's not it's not what I'm about. But yeah, we know. <laughs> maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, you're saying doubtful, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, toast of excellence over there. Uh, I do, and I figure I'll, I'll, I'll take the liberty of kind of doing our, our group toast excellent toast of excellence yeah. first. Uh, that goes out to Machine Washable uh, and his uh, wife Marissa, who uh, had their uh, their baby this past weekend. Um, you know, very happy for them. Uh, I don't know uh, what Mach's going to schedule going to be. You know, it's 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 the first week. I mean, I, I didn't imagine him being on tonight. Anyway, but hopefully, you know, he'll be able to, you know, get settled and, you know, have him on the show. I'd love, love to kind of hear where he's at. Yeah, um, really happy for him. Uh, sent a really funny picture in the group chat last night. Oh, yeah. And uh, he laughed pretty hard. <laughs> and immediately, uh, uh, the, he had a, a killer line that became our group chat's new name. I couldn't let that slide. Oh. And it was um, um what oh my god, now I'm blanking. I was what welcome to the misery. misery. Welcome to the misery. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the misery. It's just it, the picture was a he in his giant's jersey and his son in the little giant jersey as well. His four day old son. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> captured welcome to the misery. He's like, Yep. <laughs> just uh, at least he's not a Jets fan. That's true. Um, but aside from that, that was uh, the main uh, toast of excellence. And then I guess my, I don't know if I'd call it, a, it's a semi-toast of excellence, toast of disexcellence uh, regarding the MLB postseason. Uh, all the top-seeded teams bounced. And yeah. uh, and then obviously lower-seed teams advanced. So it's sort of like a 50-50. And you know, it's a constant conversation that we've had many times about like, who who do you benefit from winning all those games? Because like you sit and then you kind of cool off, and these teams that are you know fighting every day and and, and are fresh, they they come in and you know we've seen it now again. It pays dividends. They 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 walk away victors. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's they have been certainly entertaining, but they've also had a little bit of um. Uh, frustrating moments like I, I think we'll talk about it a little bit but that entire thing with um, what's that fucking player's name uh, uh, are talking the Bryce Braves. Harper thing yeah um, oh my god why can't I think of his name now um, it's like or, or Len um, or... oh my god this is embarrassing well, not really, because the guy is the fucking nobody. So, <laughs> um, whatever it is, the guy who said uh, "nice job, Harper," or whatever it was, right? And it came back to uh, bite him in the ass. But we heard about that 
all fucking week. We heard about that more than anything else from the postseason. Yeah, no, you're right. And there's no reason for it. Somebody said something in the clubhouse. Somebody reported on it. Who the fuck cares? Right. I mean, they make it seem like that players aren't talking trash all the time. Constantly. You know, whether it be in person in interviews or on social media, it's just how it is. Like, this is not news. Like, even at the end of the, uh, at the end of the Phillies celebration. Uh, I don't, thank you. I don't know who it was, um, but it was something like, uh, fuck the Braves, fuck whoever we play next, and always the Mets. Yeah, right. I saw that too. That was in the, the That's celebration. That's hilarious. Um, but like, they're talking shit to an entire team. Oh, right. Matter. And you know, it's just it's I think it's a certain thing about these like kind of polarizing players like like Bryce Harper is definitely a face of baseball. Uh you know, he's For had sure. he's had kind of a speckled past, you know, attitude wise and whatnot. So like something like that like goes like attention his way or whatever, negative or whatever. It's just gonna get brought because of the type of players. If they made that you know comment toward to you know, JT, Real Muto, it, it just, it wouldn't have been at the same level. No, absolutely not. Um, so yeah, I guess a, a toast slash excellence is excellence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then, I'm sorry, Master, before I let you go, I, I was furious. They, I think it was MLB official Instagram page. I think it could have been something else. It could have been like Fox or TBS that posted the, like the four teams advancing to the, the championship series. All were former Mets. Every single player on the thing was a former Met from this year or the year like prior. And I was like, it just it infuriated me to to no end. I'm sorry, like, Kendall, but that's fucking hilarious. I, I was gonna I was gonna post it in our group chat, but I just I just I couldn't deal with the energy of the fallout from sending that message. It just uh, uh let's I mean, that's rough, but at the same time, that's so funny. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> uh, they very obviously did it in a very trolling way. <laughs> I, I, I bet you they did. I'll have to find it. I can't remember who posted it, but. Oh, that's a little bit better. Um, um, yeah, I mean. You know, the Mets took a chance and it, it just didn't work out. It was like the Eagles super team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is what it is, you know. Tear it all down and rebuild it back up That's from right. the studs and see what happens. Can't change it. Uh, nope. Have a toast, Mass? Uh, yeah, my toast is to uh, two different NFL ones. Uh, toast of excellence to the Cleveland Browns for beating the 49ers. <laughs> That's a Homer, Homer toast on you. Absolutely. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm extremely happy about it. <laughs> Did you watch that game at all? I did. I watched the first half uh, before I, I, I ended up switching to the Bears in the second half, and then I kind of watched the red zone to close out the fourth quarters. So the game went down to uh, Cleveland getting a field goal, pulling ahead, and Brock Purdy with like a minute left and a couple uh, timeouts to try and move towards uh, setting up a game-winning field goal or touchdown. Mm-hmm. And they started at like the 10 or something like that. 
And I was like, all right, this defense has been on them all day. They got this. And just like immediately two wide open passes to Brandon <laughs> Ayuk. Big like, plays. <laughs> Fuck this game. And I turned it off because they ended up, I turned it off when they passed the field goal range marker. Yep. I was like, all right, this game's over. I don't give a fuck. And then, like, ten minutes later, uh, I was scrolling through uh, my score app just to, like, check on something. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy fucking shit, he missed it. I gotta go find this. (laughs) Um, So, I was very excited to see that happening, mostly just because I enjoy 49ers fans tears. They are the sweetest thing in the world. (laughs) Um, Does some excellence to the New York Jets who, for the first time in franchise history, have defeated the Eagles. I heard that stat for the first time last year. And at the yeah. time, I couldn't believe it. It's just one of those things that, like, you just figure, how, how could that be? You know, two... But it's not a lot of games. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is, what, the 12th matchup uh, between... I think this is 13. 13. So, like, might have twelve. Yeah, either way. So with that being said, yeah, there's not a ton of matchups, you know, you know, both being in different uh, conferences and, and both having different levels of success that, you know, they wouldn't necessarily match off in Super Bowls, nor just, you know, the way, you know, modern day seedings happen. Like they both didn't finish in like second place that they play each other, you know, in a schedule where the second place teams are playing. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just the, the sample size was small, but you just hear the number and you're like, there's no way that that could have happened, but here you go. Yep. And, uh, improve. Yeah. Uh, this was the 13th matchup. 13th. Um, so toast of excellence to the New York Jets for finally getting that squared away. Um, he didn't like do anything outstanding, but, uh, Zach Wilson continues his redemption arc and looking pretty. All right. Uh, I, I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he turns it around and he looks great by the end of the year. Although, at this rate, it sounds like Rodgers might be back by week 12. Yeah, right. Which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Huffing that, that snake report oil. That came out today? What's that? You hear that report that came out today? No, not, not that I can recall. According to the injury report, they're talking he might be back by week 12. I mean, that's incredible. Um, I, I saw he was, like, throwing on the sidelines, which was pretty incredible. Yeah. And just kind of in a, I wouldn't even call it a walking boot. It was like a protective shoe. Yeah, just, um, oh, injury expert, sorry, not injury report, um, and then, what was the one that I really wanted to toast of excellence for? Oh, toast of excellence to one of the most unheralded players of our generation, but Calais Campbell getting his 100th sack. Yeah. Um. Dude has been so good for so long for so many different teams. Yeah, I mean, and he's uh, like thirty three years old now, and like, would even still know doing it. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude has been like a rising force for any team that signed him just to help him get over the edge. So, kudos to him. Very nice. Well, I, I crack my beer and underway. Uh, I I want to pick your brain about a couple of NFL games, but I just want to get a couple of more housekeeping things uh, out of the way. Uh, Massey, a, a belated uh, happy birthday to you. Well, thank you very much, um, sir. And uh, with that being said, uh, what was the best thing that happened to you this weekend? Uh, 
Uh, I laid in bed all weekend, Kemble. <laughs> yeah, but listen, even best thing that happened to me this weekend was the Rams won and the 49ers lost. All right, that fair enough. I I, I will I will accept that. Pretty happy with those <laughs> outcomes. <laughs> fair enough, and uh, as far as your fantasy football hero and bum, uh, do you have have a pair? Yeah, I got something here. Uh, Kyron Williams coming out in the second half and going for a buck fifty and a touchdown was pretty. Yeah, cool. I, I was keeping tabs on uh, kind of the, the Rams stats, and I I looked back and I saw at one point it was like oh I saw one on one like early in the third or something. I was like oh it was on a good day. Check back later, so like the one fifty, like oh my god. Yeah, he did pretty good. Got hurt though, so there's that. Um, and then my fantasy dud for the week. Who would have been my dud for the week? Um, I mean, I guess you could call him a dud, but it's not really his fault. David Montgomery got hurt. Yeah, I you know for for something like that for fantasy, it's hard to like. Hey, the guy who gets injured is your your dud. But yeah, it, I mean, but T. If, Higgins and Gabe Davis could have done a lot more for me. So could DJ Moore. Yeah. But, it's tough because, like, it, got me 10 points. if you're in a situation where your team does pretty well and your one outlier is the guy that gets injured, I guess by default that that would happen. Yeah. You know that falls in that category. Uh, uh, what about you? For myself, uh, my day, and it's a sort of a, a cop out, but so I, uh, Tyler Bass, kicker for the Bills. Uh, yeah, he missed a couple, so I'll give you the. And it's. <laughs> Let's see. And uh, like back-to-back weeks, and you know it, your kicker is it is what it is. Like, and you figure I, the Buffalo Bills have kind of been on on an odd skid. Uh, I think partly travel-related, going to London and whatnot, but have been in the odd skid. So they're just not they're not producing the points like they did a little bit earlier in the season. Yeah. So I kind of I missed out big on him. Uh, and as far as my hero, I still have matchups going. I'm actually playing Kyle coincidentally. Uh. So I guess my my hero thus far, I'd, I'll give it a, kind of a, a cop out, but I guess I'll give it to to Travis Kelsey uh, coming off of a, a pseudo injury and uh, putting up uh, over 100 yards. Kind of cooled off in the second half of that Thursday night game, but I, I'll give it. I'll give him the nod. All right, I like it. Very, very good. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, a whole off. I think Paul is projected to join us. I'll see if I got some some shot trivia. A whole off on that. But I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain uh, about a couple things uh, NFL sure. wise. Uh, your, your opinions on stuff. You mentioned uh, before the the Forty Nine ers losing to the Browns, and just you know people coming out of the woodwork in the the the, the Brock Purdy not being good and being shielded by Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, all, all these critics are coming out. I'm just curious, kind of what's your thought of the game as a whole and like of him from a slightly unbiased perspective. All right. So here's the thing. You've got a kid that's played 15 games. Is he being helped by his supporting cast? Absolutely. You or I could go out there and make some of these passes. <laughs> but at the same time, 
you or I wouldn't go out there and have the best passer rating in the league straight, having just thrown his first interception in game 15 and doing it against the best defense in the NFL right now while missing two of your main weapons in the ring. Is the kid young? Yeah. Is he allowed to fuck up some? Sure, he made some bad decisions, but, I mean, Stafford had all his weapons, and I watched him make worse worse decisions today, or on Sunday. The kid is good. As much as that pains me to say it. (laughs) The kid is good. He's for real. I'd, I'd like to see anybody else go out there that raw and young and go did with uh, go try and pull off what he did. Because you know what? He got them into field goal range to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it'd be such a different story if they go on and win that game. I think a lot absolutely. of those mistakes wouldn't have been, you know, a focal point of, you know, media talking and whatnot. And it, uh, to me, for I, I watched that first half in full and then I kind of I switched games and I was kind of paying attention in, in red zone you know Christian McCaffrey he, he gets hurt but to a certain point I think he he had touched the ball you know 14 times rushing I don't know what his yeah. receptions were it only had didn't have a ton of yards no that defense is for real they had on we'll call it 47 yards just off you know for argument's sake it, it wasn't crazy and another thing and you mentioned in the rain and now the 49ers play in Santa Clara, which uh, don't call me on this. Uh, let's call it, it's 90 miles south of San Francisco. We'll just call it that. Uh, the, the In San Francisco, they, they kind of do experience some weather conditions similar to how Cleveland is. Maybe not to the degree, the degree of like the, the winds and whatnot, but there's a rain, a cold rainy factor that happens in San Francisco. I don't know if in Santa Clara that exists the same way it does in San Fran. So... They weren't totally going into a scenario that they were ill-prepared for, historically speaking, as far as like weather weather goes and for, for teams being located where they are. But it was a sloppy game because of the weather, and I think that this 49ers team is more, uh, I don't want to say gadgety because that's not the right thing to say, but I think it, you know, it depends a lot on there's, there's a lot of you know movement at the line, there's a lot of things that require agility and it's not like a, a very you know ground and pound type offense where Cleveland kind of fits that build a little more. So I think that the weather definitely kind of played into it, kind of slowed down a very fast San Francisco offense. And you know this is the NFL. Every dog has his day. Absolutely. We see great teams fall all the time. It just it, it's super interesting because the Browns had PJ Walker as their starter, no uh, Nick Chubb. It was just a kind of like a, a, a cast of a cast of players that that got it done. So here's the other thing that I'll say: Forty um, ers defense was not great yesterday. They came out pretty strong in the first half, but they were. Give it up chunk yardage yeah. to uh, that Ford kid. Yeah. 
And that was exactly. the first time Who? I'd seen Who? kind of... Oh, go ahead, Bass. I'm sorry. Right? No, no, no. Like, you made a point. Who? Lord? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they're we... giving up yardage to P.J. Walker. I tell you what. If P.J. Walker didn't make some of the bad decisions that he did, they probably win that game by at least eight. Like, yeah. Just at the end of the game, I watched him like walk or move up to the line of scrimmage, and he had to go pick up a first down. And instead, he throws it to the back of the end zone, almost gets picked. He had ten fucking yards in front of him to go run. Yeah, like just those kind of decisions are inexperience. But the 49ers defense was not great yesterday. That was the first time that I'd seen them not tackle well. In yeah. we'll call it, I don't know, maybe at least under the 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 Mike. Shanahan regime. Uh, th- that's a, a five years. A that pretty has been good for at least yeah, five years. Very sound tackling. They don't. They don't make the the stupid mistakes. It, it, it's very. They keep the ball in front of them, and I I just did not see that yesterday for, for whatever yeah, reason. It was, yeah, it was. You know, it just kudos to the Browns. They came out to play. Uh, and what was the stat line that I saw? Uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan is one in thirteen against Jim Swartz. I saw that, and I—that's something I never like considered. So, again, at the end of the game, I thought Kyle got into his own head a little bit, got a little bit cute. Uh, you know. Uh, Going for plays that were like not great yardage and were wasting time. Yeah. Uh, like going for the run plays rather than going for pass plays while you have timeouts and everything like that. It's like you have plenty of opportunity to get closer. You don't need to like run the clock down. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was certainly a winnable game for the 49ers and they just didn't. Uh, but kudos to the Browns for it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see how uh, both teams respond uh, next week. Uh, and then uh, another team that ended up losing their undefeated streak was uh, Philadelphia uh, versus the Jets. And uh, kind of uh, touched on a couple things before, like in your toasts. Uh, I guess my question to you is, you know, what is it going to take for the, the Jets – to kind of take a more a better step forward offensively because it to me it seems like Zach Wilson has figured out in a way to not lose the game but he's not winning the game so to take out the easy answer about hey Zach Wilson has to play better what what is a way that offensively the Jets can like be better because as far as I'm concerned the defense is pretty darn good that's what that's what won them the game yesterday. Yeah, but, that's an understatement. But what is a way that offense can become the equalizing factor to make that team kind of more complete, with the except yeah. without the obvious answer? You could start by actually having an offensive line put together. I mean, I think the Jets are down three starters, um, and Wilson's being pressured pretty heavily on uh, every pass attempt. Um, you know, you got Brees Hall that is electric out of the backfield. Uh, 
but the only one that I see consistently making separation is Garrett Wilson. And everybody else is just kind of like, I don't want to say they're not playing for their quarterback, but they're not playing to his strengths. Uh, the hard thing is that this team is built for Aaron Rodgers' strengths. Right. That's not what Zach Wilson does. Um, <laughs> and it's I think it's a mistake to ask him to start playing like Rodgers. Um, so, what can they do? I mean, build in more play action. I don't see that nearly enough from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach is a guy that has a great deep ball. If you can get just a bit of separation, uh, but the, part of the problem is teams don't mind playing too high against them because they know that that might be coming. Uh, you also have to play too high because of the threat of people like Brees Hall. Right. Uh, you know, you need somebody back there watching the back line in case one of those goes, because he's a threat to do that every single snap. And uh, I, th- that is a good point by you. Like I, I watched the, the majority of that game at the four o'clock window and yeah, that's something you don't, for as effective as a run game that is, even outside, of, like, Brees Hall is for sure the, the breadwinner, but, you know, you know M- Michael Carter has some, has some good and you know, effective, you know, running under his belt. Uh, you have talented receivers. Yeah, they're all Aaron Rodgers' friends, with the exception of Garrett Wilson, but that offense could be more dynamic for the fear of, oh, well, you know, we got to contain, you know, Brees Hall, and then... Boom! You know, somebody breaks free. You know, Lazard down the sideline. Wilson will hit him, no problem. I mean, I think that would definitely open up that offense. That's for sure, kind of in a a shell, I guess we'll call it. It's just, it's not, it's not daring. Yeah, but the part of the problem is you need the time for the players to develop, and their line is not giving them that time. That's fair. Because uh, I think they'd like to. Uh, it's just not there. Like you said, Zach has figured out how not to lose and do just enough to win. I think as he starts to gain confidence, you'll see that more and more. But they're only getting weaker on the offensive line. They just lost Elijah Vera Tucker against the Broncos. And it's hard. I don't think that there is something that you can tweak midseason right now to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like looking forward uh, adding like somebody to be able to take the top off of the defense uh, <laughs> and shoring up that line would probably be the first two places I would go uh, and Jets have been in some games they, they have kind of stymied some, some quarterbacks Philadelphia was to me, very out of sorts. I, I I can't exactly put my finger on what it was. I don't know if it just falls on Jalen Hurts. And I tell you what, Shane Steichen meant a lot to that offense, didn't he? Yeah. Because this does not look like the same team this year. No, I, I, w- I would definitely say that last year's team was much better. Now, credit where credit's due. You know, they, they, they were 5-0 and to, to a point. But just there was something about yesterday that kind of like put the the gears so far for them 
in summary where it just I feel like there there was a period of time where they were just putting up big time points last year like scoring in a hurry and I just I don't I just I'm not getting that same type of efficiency this year and I and I can't exactly figure out why cuz like because they, because they have won to this point and I don't, I don't know what what was the missing thing yesterday on Sunday for them I, I don't know they it's hard because I said um, <sighs> Eagles are Not as aggressive this year. Um, their offensive line also isn't as rock solid. Like, yes, the brotherly shove is still undefeatable, but stuff's leaking through that offensive line, man. We have nobody outside of Aaron Donald. We were still getting pressure. Um, and, you know, Hertz is having to do a lot of rollouts to try and get passes done. Uh, and he's admittedly not as accurate at this year. Uh, it's hard to say what the problem is because like what would you say is if you were going to say Philadelphia and you were going to ask the team's strength, what's the first thing you think of? Um, I would say running the ball. Not even just on offense, just as a team. Um... Philadelphia, what's the immediate strength you think of? What do they got going for them? Uh, I don't know, they're gritty. <laughs> I was going to say the defense, because that's what got them to the Super Bowl last year, was that defense carry. Their defense is middle of the road this year. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, you know, Eagles, I think, have the highest turnover differential in the NFL last year, so that also helped uh, propel them, but uh, you know, Eagles uh, are um, what's the what's the stupid fucking album uh, suffering from success uh, you know, you make it all the way to the Super Bowl and you look like arguably the best team in the NFL you get poached, you lose your offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, that's true. Coordinator, you lose a lot of good pieces. Uh, I don't remember the name of the safety. Chauncey Gardner Johnson went to the Lions. Uh, Miles Sanders goes to the Panthers. Uh, it's it's the same team, but at the same time, it's not. And they have the potential to be that. Like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess to combat that. Point though, I mean, I feel like they they kind of filled some roles. Like, I think you know DeAndre Swift has been a really effective member, kind of to, re- to replace Sanders. Um, but I I understand what you're saying, and I and I agree. And I think this sort of harkens back to what we were saying about Cleveland San Fran, where every dog has a day. Like the, the Jets, for sure, is the you know on paper the inferior team, but they they outplayed. Well, the defense at least outplayed. You know Philadelphia. That's hi. a great. Hi, Paul. Hello. Paper thin defense, missing half its starters. 
Massey, you sound very sexy. <laughs> uh, thanks, babe. I try just for you. Paul, can I hit you with the rapid fire? Uh, sure. Real quick, though. Uh, my toast of excellence is to Connor Bedard for making his NHL debut. He scored his first goal and his first assist in his first two games. Um, we already said it. What? I'm just fucking with. <laughs> Um, I also, I will not be having an adult beverage while on the show, but I did have two adult beverages before the show. Um, while I was seeing the newest addition, the newest, uh, cast member to getting sports with drunk mini Mike. Um, I had a blackberry white claw Ooh. and a Pilsner or quell. Hey, nice. Yep. All right. And I'm here. All right. Well, Hey, that, that was the rapid fire I was asking for. So you, you, you nailed it. Oh, all right. Sorry. No, perfect. Read my mind. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, you should be. Oh, another toast of excellence, sorry, was to um, all of the sports media outlets out there that are suggesting that the Bears are a bad franchise because they cut P.J. Walker and he single-handedly beat the 49ers. He did not, and we already discussed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the 49ers single-handedly beat the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Paul, do, do you have a uh, your fantasy hero and uh, bum? Uh, fantasy hero was uh, fifth week in a row, Adam Thielen. <laughs> and my fantasy bum, I'm not going to say Fields because that's not fair. He got hurt. I mean, he was, he was going to be the bum because he wasn't doing anything against a pretty lackluster Minnesota secondary. So I'm going to. I mean, not that anyone expects a lot from him, but I'm going to say Logan Thomas. Atlanta's defense has been relatively soft um, on, like, the mid-passing game. Um, And he's been showing some, like, promise in terms of, like, chemistry and connection with uh, Howell over there in Washington. Mm -hmm. I just – I kind of thought that he – I thought he would do more than one catch for two yards. Yeah, that's – that's reasonable. I didn't expect him to put up 15 points, but I thought he would put up, you know, more. I would have said Sam Laporta, but, like, I think I think there was more to this calf injury than they thought kind of thing. Like, I mean, I, I'm not – I didn't watch the game, so I, I, I saw in fantasy that he had four receptions on 11 targets. I'd be curious to know if the seven not catches were they more poorly thrown balls, batted down balls, good deflections, drops. I, I don't know. So, yeah, very good, very good. Um, I do have shot trivia for both of you. All right, all right. All right. So I'll do the first one to Paul. This was as of uh, earlier this year. I think it was uh, February of this year. Uh, Justin Fields is a top-selling jersey in three states. Other than Illinois, can you give me one other state that he's the top-selling jersey in? Uh, what's the top-selling like? Uh, like what? Top ten? Uh, no, just just that. According to this list, uh, he he's the top-selling jersey in these two other states. Oh, like he's the number one selling jersey. Correct. Uh, see that stuff because I was going to say Ohio because of the Ohio State thing, but. Cincinnati, I mean, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow probably selling a ton of jerseys in Ohio. So, that could be interesting. Um, hmm. 
interesting. Massey, do you know where Justin Fields went to high school? Oh, can nobody hear me? He does not. I'm, I'm, I, that was, there was a sigh there, but I don't think my microphone fucked up. I want to say that he went to um, somewhere in uh, the South, but I can't remember where. I think he's from Georgia. Because I remember... When I was when I was doing like my research on him, when like there was like speculation that the Bears might try to grab him, if like or trade up to get him if he fell, yeah, I remember like reading stuff about him. I'm pretty sure it's Georgia because I remember them being like a big thing of like, oh, like you know, he went he played for Georgia his first year, so it was kind of like a grown thing, and then he transferred. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Georgia. So that is incorrect. This is a very fascinating thing. Hawaii and Idaho. <laughs> No, for whatever reason, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming don't have recorded jerseys and uh, Vermont for some reason. But Justin Fields is a top-selling jersey in Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. You know, so Wisconsin makes sense just because, like, how close it is to the, you know, Chicago is, like, one of the more northernmost cities Mm -hmm. in Illinois. So there's probably a lot of people that live on the border of Wisconsin, and, you know, and stuff like that, that are Bears fans. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just wouldn't have put it on my radar. Indiana, I would have never guessed. Yeah, I just figured, even though like Rogers is gone, I just, I just would assume that they, a Packer would have still been represented in in Wisconsin. Yeah, but, but I mean, I think that's another thing to take into consideration too. Is like, um, it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, I feel like, I, I mean, I, I could be wrong in this, but I feel like jersey sales are better done, like better represented in states where the team isn't. Because, like, you know, like it's kind of like a way to show your pride of your team. Yeah. Is like by apparel. Like if you live in California, but you're a Giants fan, versus like if you're in New York, it's kind of just like, yeah, I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. All right, Massey, this is for you. Oh, boy. All right. This one is a number, though. Uh, Other than Texas, <laughs> how many states is Dak Prescott the number one selling jersey? Uh, how many How many do I get within? Um, I'll give you within two. Uh, am I allowed to pull up a map of the U.S. real quick? You may. Okay. I'll allow it. Map of the USA. All right. So, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Do I think that a fifth of the people in the country are are Cowboys? I'm going to say a little less than than a fifth. I'm going to say nine. 
Massey, you are correct. So it's actually nine counting Texas. But Is so it really? It's eight. So listen to this. Alaska, New Mexico, what? Nebraska, uh, North and South Carolina, Alabama, Connecticut. Yeah, you should have just... You should have... What? Yeah. Um, you should have just given me the number and asked me to name the states. I would have got a single one of those. Arkansas. It, I mean, I I know that there's cowboy fans everywhere, but I just didn't anticipate him being so represented. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> it's all those Lowe's yeah. commercials. Ah, those are so fucking dumb. I hate them. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> you watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. But yeah, uh, so Mass and I talked about kind of uh, like the, the 49ers game, Eagles game. Uh, Paul, is there anything that you just NFL wise wanted to talk about? Well, I had a question for you, Kendall. Oh, oh, I'm ready. You know what? Let me just pre pour that shot. I, I just, you know, I know me. I still got so much of this Malibu. All right, Kendall, you ready? I'm ready. You get a plus minus of three years. And I guess Uh, two. Yes. You get a plus minus of three years. The, uh, we recently lost, uh, 80s sitcom star, Susan Summers, Suzanne Summers. Mm Mm-hmm. Which she had a predominant role in both Three's Company and Step by Step. Can you name me the total years of airtime of both sitcoms? Okay. Plus minus three years. Yep. All right. I will go with. Gut answer 16 total seasons. All right, Master, do you have a guess as well? Uh, it was Three's Company. What was the other one? Step by Step. I've never really seen that show. Have you Have you guys watched that? Step by Step? I've yeah. never seen either of them. Um, best guess, they were six apiece. Uh, uh, maybe five apiece. 12. All right, hold on. <laughs> Trick question. They're both still on. What? What? How many did you say, Kendall? 16. Okay. Hold on. I'm mathing in my head real quick. <laughs> this math. Oh, I, didn't even is... con- I didn't even consider they might have been on consecutively. Fuck. We need more fake sponsors for this show. Why? What would you have picked? Oh no! Just uh, a mathing in my head moment. It's brought to you by. Yeah. Oh, do a quick fun toast of excellence. Bryce Harper's the fourth player in postseason history to hit a home run on his birthday. Oh, pretty cool. Yeah, and Kendall, you were on the nose. Sixteen. Nice. Wow. Well, sorry. Technically, technically no. You were technically not on the nose because <laughs> you said sixteen seasons. Ah. Uh, the question was: the question was how many years was it on the air? 
Fair. So it was on. Fair. But you, I'll take the number. It was on for 16 years. I don't know. That would have been wrong in Jeopardy. <laughs> Listen, take mercy on me. Yeah. Well, I don't think in Jeopardy they do the plus minus answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is fair, but. Could you imagine like a new form of Jeopardy? All right. What's the answer? And spell it. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be rough. Big time rough. Big time rush. Ooh, there we go. Hey, real quick, here's some uh, shot trivia stats. Uh, Massey, two and four on the air. Paul, seven and seven. And Kendall, with that correct answer, advances (laughs) to three and 11 on the year. Nice. All right. About 500. I'm doing pretty good. Having a pretty mediocre go of it. But you know what? I already poured the shot, so I'm going to do it. All right. You're a silly boy. <laughs> oh. You're a silly boy. I did, uh, I did ask uh, Massey. Uh, Paul, did you have like a best thing that happened to you this weekend? I had like a, like a four-hour window where I didn't have anything going on Saturday evening. Um, So I took advantage because Amelia was at a sleepover and Samantha had a wedding. And um, so I kind of took a, like the opportunity to kind of just have some, some downtime me time. So, you know, I took like a a nice long hot shower, you know, got, you know, made myself something to eat for dinner and kind of took my time and then uh, just played some, uh, played some, some, some hizzy pizzy on the PS5, some Harry Potter. Nice. I really thought that this was going to devolve into Paul telling us how he just was like spread eagle on the couch, just furiously jacking it for four hours. <laughs> yeah, I spent four hours just going to town on myself. <laughs> Glorious. Could you imagine? It's like, yeah, I had four hours to myself, so I really just like I, I just leaned into one. <laughs> I lit some candles. I called. I, you know, I called in for a, a private massage of my own doing. <laughs> Very funny. That's great. Ugh. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think I returned the favor and asked you what was the best thing that happened to you this week. Oh, um, my best thing, uh, I guess, would be uh, achieving a a two year dream of of growing and cutting the mullet. Yeah, Miraculous mullet. It it got some oh, is glorious. pretty pretty good reviews. I will say though, that, like the pictures you guys saw, like it had some, uh, I guess we'll call it gel in it that that definitely enhanced what it was. Like the past two days where it's kind of just been like washed and just sitting, it it still it, it still has the the look, but you know it's just, it's just different. If that makes any sense. Just so you know, I'm gonna completely disown you if you ever get rid of that. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock it for a while. It's, yeah, you need to keep it for a long time. It's uh, after having the hair so bushy for so long, it's nice to like, not like like put your head down and have your hair go like immediately in your eyes. I tell yeah. you, the the like the best thing in the world for me is it, when I get a haircut. Just just the sides. I could care less about what happens on top. Having the sides shaved down is like everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, and it was nice to me because I. I the immediate reaction of like 
because Rebecca didn't know. So, mm. you know, going in to, to pick her and Kim up at the hotel and just the, like, oh, you did it? Like, look <laughs> on the face. <laughs> Wait, this this wasn't a joke? <laughs> but I think... What were the reviews there? Uh, it, it was it was very positive. Definitely, uh, did definitely you get was... some later. Well, I did not. It wasn't until the day later because uh, you know the way it worked out. You know, like parents were at the house. You know, and they, they actually stayed over that night. So it would have been would have been too weird. Yeah. But, Who cut it? Uh, the hairdresser that my parents had like long time gone to. Place in Wallingford. Yep. Yeah. I so it was like Saturday morning and I was just kinda like, you know oh, what? Oh that was was that when you blew me off and ah, didn't play disc golf with me? Man, I, I did it to myself bringing up the story. Yeah. Yeah. Mass, you wanna hear uh I mean we were pretty nice to Kendall for a good chunk of Saturday, but you wanna hear how he kinda like fucked me? Sure. So, you know, Rebecca and Kendall did me the solid by watching Amelia from Young Columbus Day when she had you know didn't have school because Rebecca didn't have school either. Yep. And uh, I wanted to return the favor and whatnot. So I, I offered, you know, because they were trying to figure out a ride situation. I offered to come to Milford from Wallingford to pick Kendall up. And then, you know, we could either go disc golfing and then come up to Wallingford or I could just bring him to Wallingford. And that way he could catch a ride with his parents to the wedding so that they didn't have to take two cars and all this. And they were like, oh, that sounds good. Like this and that. Yeah, let's let's, you know, let's figure this out. All this. No answers, no answers. Next thing I know, I get a picture of Kendall with a mullet in his parents' living room. Never. I waited around all morning Saturday waiting for him to get to reach out to me. Now, let Sounds me. Like a... Let me preface this by saying Paul is absolutely right. I did not text him. But in my defense, uh, the plan didn't come together until like the night before crazy late anyway even then it was like some racing around so he is totally justified to be you know correct and upset but it, it worked out that way sort of and it had to because i wouldn't have had a car to bring them back or bring her back so i'm just saying i didn't get an invite for this golf <laughs> neither did i and it was my birthday and I will follow up by saying that I am very appreciative for the thoughtful offer that was, you know, laid in front of me. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be happy to buy him a roast beef sandwich. I just want to snuggle. <laughs> Deal. With mass. <laughs> Not with you. Aw. And... Good, good. That's why I like Mass because Mass, Mass is just down to hang out, you know. Hey, I'm down. With Kendall, you gotta with Kendall, you gotta like really like pull his leg to get him to hang out with you guys. No, no, no. I gotta get the call first. Mm. I'm always down to call. Hey, real quick. See, I mean, Kendall, I know you're not a fan of this type of food and whatever, but like, let's just say that you were. All right. You know, you go to like an authentic like Japanese restaurant type of thing, and they have like a you know like it's a delicacy over there, like. The skinned, but like still like relative body shaped uh, frog meat. Okay. And and the frog muscle memory takes over, and the frog kind of like trying to hop away, even though there's it's completely dead. You guys still eating? 
Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Not even because of the the frog thing, but the the moving. I don't know. I think it's a hard sell for me. Hmm. I'm in. Toy love mass. Guy's just down for anything. You don't even have to like beg him to hang out with you, you know? You just gotta show up. Circles back. It wasn't even two minutes time. I've been trying to get Kendall to watch football with me for like years. Guy won't do it. Uh, uh. How to make Kendall mad in two seconds. <laughs> hey, so I was thinking. Um that people who put butter in their coffee are weird. That is a weird I, thing. I've tried it. Doesn't do anything what? for me. What? Ever There's like a thing, like people put like a little tab of butter in their coffee instead of like cream and sugar. Because the butter melts, do... it creates the creamy consistency, but then there's like a sweetness to it. I don't think I could be friends with anybody. With that. You know who does that? Weird thing. Jeff's wife. Really? Yeah. Makes sense. That checks out. That was. Um, I think it's that hasn't been where I tried it, but didn't didn't really do anything. Mm. All right. Um, let's get back to let's get back to sports. Hold on. What, Kendall, what were you starting to say? Oh, well, I mean, Paul, did, was there anything uh, football or baseball you wanted to discuss? Or, or, or hockey, I don't want to... Discriminate? Discriminate. But I will discriminate against basketball. Uh, well, there's nothing going on in basketball. It's preseason. Um, Let me yell. It looks really good, though. From a football standpoint, um, uh, you know... These it's it, it's funny because I've heard I heard it on a couple of sports podcasts I listened to. Um, there was a lot of uh you know sports better people that kind of came on and gave their opinion on spreads and stuff for this week, and you know they said that you know you need to avoid the Eagles and 49ers like the plague because you know when you're a team that's like the Eagles and have just came coming off of going to the Super Bowl or you're the 49ers and you're looking like the most dominant team in football you're not going to go out and lose your undefeated season to a Kansas city chiefs team. You're going to lose it to a team like the Browns and the jets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just funny. Cause like, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, I think that there are two teams that are three teams, three very bad NFL teams that their fan bases and their organizations need to really hang their hat on. And it's the Chicago bears, the New York giants and the Denver Broncos. They went out and they kept three relatively unstoppable offenses to under 20 points each when and and all three of them have probably the three worst defenses in football right now um you know i mean i I know that they all i know all of them lost and but you know they went out and they 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 went up against you know i mean not that the vikings are a juggernaut team but i really think the defense is what's causing them to be a two and five two and four team um, and I know Justin Jefferson wasn't playing for the Vikings, but the Addison kid has looked very good. KJ Osborne is a decent, is a solid number two receiver. They have a running back. They have an elite tight end. So it's not like they, it's not like they were fucking down to nothing. Right. And they have the ability to put up a lot of points and in a hurry. Um, Kansas city chiefs. I mean, yes, they're struggling with the whole, you know, this, it took a year, it, you know, they only went out and won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, but they're starting <laughs> to they're starting to suffer from the missing Tyreek Hill thing, the wide receiver problems. And 
and my honesty, I just think the Bills are the new Chargers. I just think they're the team that's always that they're going to look good every year and never get anything done. But it doesn't matter. All three of these teams, I mean, these three teams have the ability to combine for 150 points any given week. And, you know, the three worst teams in football really collectively all played very good defense. I mean, the Bears only gave up, I think, 12 points. They lost by 19, but seven of that was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. You know, the Giants, I mean, made the Bills look like a fucking high school offense for three quarters of that game. Yeah, And uh, Kansas City really just couldn't get anything going either. So that was my football takeaway. Um, baseball takeaway. Uh, it's just a real bummer that this went the way it did. Um, I think that the postseason really needs to. And, and I know this whole new, um, whatchamacallit. Uh, this new seeding system or like a wild card system they have. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This new like wild card system they have with the multiple wild cards. Um, they're going to have to figure stuff out. You know, baseball was one of those sports where like basically nobody made the playoffs and now everybody kind of makes the playoffs. So they're going to have to figure stuff out. Um, the thing that they're going to need to do is they're going to need to do what the NFL does. They're going to have to go into a reseeding system. Um, it's. I, I think it's, you know, granted the Philadelphia Phillies really, you know, the, the, it really wasn't a series against the Braves. Um, what? What? Oh, I thought I heard someone say something. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh. Um, not that the Phillies and Braves was really a series, but that shouldn't have been five games. That should have been a seven-game series. Um, the, the, I mean, the Phillies, I mean, you never say never, but like the Phillies are pr- pretty much going to have a cake walk through the Diamondbacks. I don't think anyone's going to take the Diamondbacks seriously in this, um, in this series as a chance of winning it. Um, I really, I mean, not taking anything away from what the Phillies did against the Braves and not saying they wouldn't do it in five games instead of three, but they should have reseeded. We should have gotten Phillies Braves for the NLCS. Um, you know, and, and that's something that they, they have to to refigure and rework. I mean, the Astros-Rangers thing, however that would have worked out otherwise, I mean, it's a cool story. Two Texas teams, two of the most winningest head coaches of, or managers of all time. I think Dusty Baker's like seventh. And the uh, who's the manager for the Rangers? Uh, Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy. I think he's like 10th. They both have 2,000 career wins, which is, you know, puts them in a league of their own. Um. Like, that's cool, but I, I just, I don't know. It, it's just something about, like, how exciting this postseason's been, how exciting the last two months of baseball were, and then to watch, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies and the NLCS is kind of like, I don't know, kind of takes the wind out of the sails. Yeah. I was telling Mass, uh, it was either MLB or somebody else, they posted a picture of the, the championship matchups, and all four players, it was, it's called eight players mentioned, four of which and the poster were former Mets and, and, just, and the other, and the other four were nationals. <laughs> just, just pissed me off. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, so, I mean, look at yours. I mean, yeah, the Mets have what, who, who's in the postseason right now from the Mets? You've got Verlander and Scherzer. Who else? Uh, Tommy Pham on the diamondbacks. Yep. And, um, um, I got pitcher for the, the Phillies. Oh my God. I can't think of his name right now. I'm just blanking so hard. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler. Thank you. Yeah, well, and then you go look at the Phillies, and they got Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, and Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, 
for from a day-to-day aspect, Bryce Harper is probably the most important player in really in Nationals history at this point in time. I think the I think if you were to really boil it down by just specific player, it'd be Max Scherzer. But from a day-to-day standpoint, it was Bryce Harper. I think it's funny the other two did, was Kyle Schwarber on the Nationals team when they won the World Series. I don't think so. I think um, Turner was. Turner was. Turner, because that was what? That was Turner, Soto, Soto and Rendon? Yeah. Uh, what, am, what am I trying to say? I think Schwarber was a, a, a cub for a, a big period of time. Yeah. Well, wasn't Schwarber also in that or no? You know, it's funny. I think he was in that, but now I'm, not, now I'm kind of questioning. I feel like he was. I feel like that's true. But anyway, doesn't matter. Just I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold on one second for me. Yep, no problem. But I I think for me, from a bitterness standpoint, I I think I just need the Rangers to lose. And, I mean, as a a rivalry, this, this is, let me preface this by saying this. All you guys, I root for your guys' teams. Kyle, I think, is the only person who has a rival in a team I support, as far as I can think of. So I was glad that the Phillies won and and beat the Braves, because I hate the Braves. And I want the Phillies to win for Kyle, because I care about Kyle. But I need the Phillies to lose as a Mets fan. So if, if the Rangers can lose to get Max Scherzer out, and the Phillies can lose, then Astros have my back, sign me up for that World Series. Yeah. You can hear me, right? Yep, you're good. All right. I'm echoing. I don't know why. Um, Sometimes. I don't know if it's me or if it's... Unfortunately, well, I'm hearing. I'm hearing myself, so I don't know. Oh. Well, you're good on my end. You're not, you're not echoing. Okay. Um, yeah, and then from a hockey standpoint, I just think it's cool because, uh, um, you know, hockey's been starting to get a little bit more exposure here and there in, like, the ESPN world, you know, for the longest <laughs> After time. After a million years. What? After a million years. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, like, hockey was really only existent on NBC Sports, um, and that was really, like, about it. Uh, but now, um, you know, now, now they're, you know, NHL and ESPN have started striking up some deals over the past couple of years. They're starting to get some exposure, and then this whole, you know, I mean, yes, he's a Blackhawk, but this Connor Bedard thing, you know, like, the hype around him was a lot has been a lot bigger than it was for Austin Matthews, than it was for John Tavares, than it was for, um, oh, fuck, what's the guy's name? The, the fucking best player in the NHL, the guy plays for the fucking Oilers. Um, oh, Connor well, McDavid. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, like, this this hype is absolutely bonkers bananas crazy, and it's causing other media outlets because – you know, as the sports world, I think a lot of people will tell you, like ESPN is fighting to stay relevant in a world of, you know, sports media availability out the ass. Um, you know, more more and more people every day are choosing to not tune into ESPN Sports Center and just scrolling through Instagram to get their sports news. Yeah. Um, so, you know, things like the Pat McAfee show, like, you know, Pat McAfee started doing a whole new segment on his show on just hockey. Um, you know, Pat McAfee is, you know, f- foremost, always going to be an NFL analyst being a former NFL player. Yeah. 
So I just think it's cool that hockey is kind of getting a little bit of exposure, more exposure in outlets other than, uh, you know, just the NBC sports of the world. Well, it's getting the deserved love because it was always a crime because, you know, ESPN it claimed to be, hey, listen, this is all sports. You know, it's supposed to be everything. Yet you would find that, you know, from, quote, an, an American, you know, media company, they would almost like pay more attention to to tennis and golf and you mm-hmm. know and, and almost anything else rather than put like hockey in their in their top 10 like their, their top 10 moments of the day or whatever and it was forever forever as yeah. long as i can remember and uh, i think you, starting last year was when i first noticed it, it was kind of more attention and this year for sure has been a focal point so thank god yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's good because it's, you know, I mean, and it's not, you know, not like, oh, like, you know, I, I need more people to watch hockey. I, I think hockey is one of those sports that, like baseball, I think that you can watch it on TV and see a general interest. You can kind of get the idea like, oh, I see why people would like this. And then once they once you get yourself to a game, you're hooked. You yeah. know, I feel like a lot of people are like that with um baseball too you know what i mean like you watch it on tv you're like okay like i see why this is interesting to somebody like i don't think i could sit down and just watch it and then you go to your first game and you're like oh, i get it yeah and that's one thing i i regret from just you know and I, we're all busy you know i don't think you do about it but we actually we live in an area where there's a lot of like you know set we'll call it semi-pro you know or minor league hockey that's very available to us and i wish we could take more advantage of it um, I, I know like, uh, I'm not really working at, you know, connoisseur is actively anymore, but we, we would get like tickets all the time. And I just, I, I couldn't like coordinate the time enough for us to just go to a game. Like we, we, there was, there was a, I think they still do, but there's a whole box like a, like a, that, that we would have access to. And yeah. that would just be awesome. I mean, I think there's something to be said about, you know, sitting down with everybody else and, you know, being near the glass. But, you know, the, the convenience of sitting on a couch up in a box, you know, <laughs> even for, for uh, you know, AHL hockey, I think is fun. Yeah. I just think, uh, you know, as a group, we'd have so much fun doing that. No, I agree. And who knows, maybe down, you know, the line we'll be able to pull that off, but. You know, not to double down on the frog cuisine thing, but I forgot of another <laughs> frog thing I saw. This dude was... Ro- Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. This dude was, like, roasting frogs in, like, a pan, and before he put all the frogs in it, he, like, opened up their mouths and shoved, like, a whole egg in each one, and I'm like, that's... So, wait a minute. Are, are these are these frogs live when they're no, going no, to the no, pan? No, no, no. No, they're dead. No, I was going to say, we've got some, some lobster killing going on. Yeah, right. Lobster killing. <laughs> Kendall, you fun. I'll be right back. And then I, I got a question for you guys. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Take your time. Take your time. But, um. Yeah, oh, Mash, you there? Yeah. Oh, hi, Mash. I thought you were, I thought you were, uh, you were gone. I hadn't heard you. I tipped out for a minute, but I'm back. He's back from outer space. I tell you, I, I'm really enjoying this uh, Hizzy Pizzy, the Harry Potter game. 
I still haven't played it. I might pick it up tomorrow. So, I mean, I, what I will say from the game standpoint is that it's been a long time since I've played a... Uh, would it be considered open world? Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I know it's like, you know, there's finite stuff to the map and stuff like that, but, like, it's a pretty big... I mean, like, the castle, Hogwarts Castle alone is a massive place to just explore. Um, it's an open world like, RPG. Yeah, so I, I just—it's been a while since I've played a, a game like that. I mean, most recently it would be earlier in the this calendar year. I played Far Cry Six or Seven, Six, Six. What's the new one? Six. Six, yeah. Yeah. So I played Far Cry Six, which like is an open world game. There's a lot of side quests and stuff, but like I don't know. It's just like a little different. Um. Because, like, you can kind of just run around and create chaos. Sure. You know, like a GTA type of thing. Like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I need to take a break from the storyline. So I'm going to, I'm not going to run around and explore. I'm going to run around and, like, hunt animals and, like, kill bad guys. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, in the Harry Potter game, like, that's not really, like, a thing. Not, at least not yet. I mean, like, you can roam, like, the parts of the map where there's, like, some dark wizards and stuff. And, like, you can battle them. But it's, like, it's not the same. Right. But it's just so much exploring to do. Oh, yeah. There's, from what I have seen people play, it's just massive. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, 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 have, I have spent hours running around this castle, and I haven't even unlocked all the, like, flu powder spots. That was and like, Oh, good, Paul. There's so many places you can go. I mean, because you, you take the classes and stuff, so, like, yeah, like there's the potions classroom, the transfiguration classroom. I've been in. I've been in defense against the dark arts. I've been again, been in uh, charms, and then I've just made my way to like the astronomy tower, the divination room, yeah. um, you know, like the the dorm, like the the Ravenclaw dorm. You know, I just but it's, just, it's fucking massive. <laughs> That's not the game that came with the system, though, right? No, the game that came with the system I got was the um, God of War Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I haven't opened because I, I wanted to read some reviews on the game. I wanted to know if it was one of those games where, like, do I need to, like, kind of do a brief study up on, like, the God of War, like, franchise? Yes. And, like, right, like, I guess I just plug that in. There's going to be a lot of holes in the story I'm not going to understand. Yes, do you want me to send you the video that I used as a recap? Sure, that would be awesome. Is it yeah, a, it's funny because like like I'd like to just play all the God of War games, but like I mean I, who I don't have the fucking time. Nobody has time for that anymore. <laughs> well, and it's just funny because like I would like it because like one of my favorite like kind of quote unquote like topics to like learn about is Greek mythology, and that's what that game's pretty much all about. Well, the first few are yes, but yeah, and so like I'd love to play them, but it's just like ugh. I don't have the time anymore. Yeah. I'm too busy getting blown off by Kendall. <laughs> oh, Kendall's back. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so oh, oh, oh. Oh, do you have some, Paul? Kendall, whatever you want to do. No, no, this is this is not, not major. Well, no, I was going to ask um, if you wanted to uh, discuss sports misery. I, I would. And it was <laughs> it was very uh, appropriate for for Mark to to name 
Well, Massey, to name our chapter, Mark's, uh, you know, text last night, you know, welcome to the misery as a Giants fan, because it got me to thinking, um, we as a group, like, who who here in their time watching, you know, sports? So what I was thinking, and, and this is actually the, the perfect duo, and we're actually... Hey, Kendall, kind of, you want to watch me quantify it real quick for you? No. Listen, I, I, I want to listen. We, we, between Paul and you, Mass, we have the ability, we, we can make a, a actual equation to see who has had the most misery and, and, and like put an actual number to it. Now, what I'm thinking is, and we'll, we're, I figure we could use this time, and we may not get to all of it now, I want to put all our kind of teams through a, a process and de- determine, like, during our time watching, who's experienced the more woes and who's experienced the more, you know, highs. Now, it's going to require, a, like, a lot of data. And I figured maybe this time right now we could hash out some ideas, what we want to use to make this equation. And, and perhaps we can use... It, it'll be different, I think, because Paul watches, you know, basically four major sports. He's a fan of the four major sports. Where I can really only be said that I only really like you know football and baseball because I, I don't really watch basketball or hockey close enough to have fandom. Massey, you are kind of you know football heavy for sure, but I mean you you dip your toe in some baseball. You you're you're I think more invested in basketball, and I think there's some you know dipping the toes in hockey. So you can kind of you know you have a little bit more stake to to this as well, Kyle. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey. I don't know if I'm going to give him the nod, but Mock is similar to me, where it's just kind of it's football and baseball. And baseball, and that's it. So, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be like whatever the equation. It won't be transferable across all the four sports. Maybe there's a way we could figure it out, but maybe we break it down sport by sport. Well, so I think that um, what we do for this is. Yeah, they're not going to be. It's not going to be one hundred percent transferable. Only because, um, for example, in the NFL, finishing third, like you know, when the season's over, if the Rams finish third in the NFC West, that's a lot different than if the Cardinals finish last in the NL Central. Like finishing, like we see it every season where there's a team that's got three teams in the in its NFL division that are above five hundred, and one of them doesn't even come close to making the playoffs. Whereas in the MLB, if you're finishing fifth or fourth in your division, chances are you're sub 500. You've been out of the playoffs since early August, and you're just trying to play spoiler every series you can. Right. Um. So the way I was kind of thinking to approach it is, we can kind of create somewhat of a similarity system with like, um, you know, certain things like you know, winning a championship. Things like that, because I'm of the nature that really it doesn't matter. Like, like the like it, it doesn't really. I don't think it really matters what sport you play in. Yes, sometimes there's just the same teams winning it over and over again, and it involved you know the Patriots era, then the Kansas City era, et cetera. But winning a championship is winning a championship. You know, right. I mean, it's enough to keep you going for a long time. Well, and the thing is, is like what? How how long was Tom Brady a New England Patriot? From what two thousand to two thousand and huh? Twenty years. He was so twenty years, and how many Super Bowls did he play in? Played Nine, in ten. 
So, so I mean, yeah, that's it's absolutely incredible. He played in 50% of the Super Bowls he could have. But that means there were 10 Super Bowls that AFC teams had a chance to win. Now, granted, yes, the Steelers were in three of them. The Colts were in two of them. So that's five off the table right there. The Ravens were in two of them. The Broncos were in two of three them. of them. Two of them. And who was the other one? Who was the odd man out? Tennessee? Um, Right? Tennessee lost to the Rams? Yes. Yeah. So... It's it's just I feel like championships are just championships no matter which no matter how you want to dice it up. And same thing, like I think that uh you have to weigh certain things in their playoff appearances. Um uh you know, playoff runs essentially, mm-hmm. like you get warded in a certain amount of points, and then I think the the way it would work is that like the lower the score, the more miserable. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to defer to you and Mass because I think you guys have the brains better. And I think we, we take this time now and we, we create our our scoring system. It's almost like we're making like a fantasy system from scratch. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I have a pretty good I have a pretty good like ability to kind of create equations and values for certain things. No, um, I go crazy. Um, <laughs> now, Mass, so, yeah. I mean. Well, the, I, I think the way that we're going to do this is like we can kind of discuss some today about what we view certain things to be worth or whatever. Um, we're going to have to do I'll actually do the equating and the math off air and we'll discuss it at a, another episode. Massey, could I I mean, I know you're not feeling 100 percent. Could I trouble you to kind of keep notes for us in the discord in one of the the text channels? Yeah, only if you only if you are happy that Palmer just caught a thirty yard pass. Oh, did he? Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it was called back. But he <laughs> it. Really? No, just, just <laughs> no, he caught. Yeah, he caught like a uh, maybe not thirty yards, maybe like twenty five. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, hey, all in all, Kendall, you're you're doing okay. I mean, Herbert's only thrown for like. 70-something yards. I think and, Alan, uh, Alan has a touchdown, right? And Alan has his only touchdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Herbert Herbert's thrown for 96 yards and one touchdown. And, you know, uh, for the for receiving standpoint, Keenan Allen has 12 of those yards and Josh Palmer has 26 of them. Nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, Gerald Everett does have 15 of them. And I also would, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but somehow on the stat sheet, Justin Herbert has a 10 yard reception, <laughs> but nobody else on the team has any passing attempts. One of those so, classic pass to yourselves. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, had to have been like, it had to have been what, like, like a batted pass and he caught and he ran for it. Yeah. That's pretty annoying. For a first down too. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Did anybody did anybody see why the, the, the two teams Paul one more time? Paul died. Oh one more time, Paul. It's it's uh Can you hear me now? Yes. Did anybody know does anyone know why the Chargers and Cowboys got in a fight before the game even started? I saw that they did, but I didn't look why. No, yeah, I didn't see it. <clears throat> no, no. Well, long-time rivals, of course. You know, who could forget the time they played? Yeah. 
<laughs> Long-time rivals. Who can remember the last time Kendall had them all on his fantasy team? <laughs> right. All right. Um, so I think the way that we would do this is like, I, I think what I, I think the most important thing to take into this is that we can't shy away from sports that people watch. So, or, or at least pay very close attention to, to know what's going on, that they have a vested interest. Um, Massey, which, uh, which thing are you in? The quotes, memes? I haven't put show? anything down yet. Um, I haven't oh. decided where I'm going to put it yet. Oh, okay. Um, so for example, I think like if we're going to be fair and try to really weigh in on the misery aspect, you know, I, I, like for Kendall, you know, it, it's going to be Steelers Mets. Yep. Uh, Massey, I mean, do you want yours to just be Rams or do you want to include the Cardinals? Uh, probably just the Rams because there's very little that I care about otherwise. All right. So for Kyle, I mean, you know, Kyle always says, you know, oh, I don't care about the 76ers unless it's the playoffs kind of thing. But Kyle has a vested interest in the 76ers. So we'll give him the Sixers, the Phillies and the Steelers. For Mock, it would just be the Yankees and the Giants. And for me, it would be all four. Right. Um, so I think the way that we do it is obviously, to, you know, to kind of somewhat keep it fair, we kind of would just equate each team. And then divide your total score by it and kind of get your average misery. Yeah. Because, like, for me, for example, like, my Bears misery is going to be much, much, much lower than my Blackhawks misery. Right. Three championships is going to uh, boost that number pretty good. (laughs) Right. You know, and in the same token, you know, like, I I mean, I think just off first glimpse, it's got to be. It's. I don't know. So, because like, do we? So like, do we do from? Do we do like? Because that's the other question too. Is like, really for Mets, for the Mets and Steelers, for the Steelers, Phillies, and 76ers, the Yankees, Giants, and then the Bears, Bla- Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls, and White Sox. We can really start from like two thousand, but for the Rams, for Massey, Massey has didn't start really following the Rams until twenty fifteen, twenty eleven. Uh, 2011, 2012. So do we, I don't know, like, do we, you know, do we really take years into consideration? So what I was thinking is, so basically my first year of like really understanding football and having like, like knowing what's going on and to be able to like, like speak on it was in 2004. Baseball, I, 2000, we'll call it 2000. Six for the the Mets was kind of in that that understanding, but I feel like it's close enough time wise. I could just say two thousand four for both. Um, well, you know what I'll what I'll do is since we're gonna compute all this stuff off air, what what I'll do is I'll kind of just figure it out. Like we'll figure out the equations and whatnot, and then I'll just text everybody like, "Hey, when did you really start?" You know, like for Kyle, like Kyle, when did you start watching the Phillies? But more importantly, like when did you start watching it with like an understanding of what was going on and like an actual like mood effect right because like that's, that, that that's like the big thing is like obviously every everybody wants their team to win but like you know like kyle's kyle's nephews they're phillies fans because their dads and their uncle and their grandpa are phillies fans but like if the phillies lose tonight to the diamondbacks the kids are not gonna wake up tomorrow morning and be like man i can't believe we fucking lost game one <laughs> right. you know what i mean 
like to them, it's just like, you know, the only, the only statistic that matters is what the numbers on the scoreboard say. Right. So we can, we can kind of like do that. So, so I think the big one is going to be, uh, championships, right? Yep. So from a championship standpoint, do we weigh it as like, 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 should we assign actual like values to them? Like, I think so. Okay. So then, you know, like, I think it would be something along the lines of like, like, so like whatever the top is like championships have to be, I think championships have to be something like 10. It has to be something drastic because winning a championship is everything. Yep. You know, I mean, there's nothing higher. So, right, there's there's nothing high and, and like just look at like a perfect example is you know the the Blackhawks for me. The Blackhawks have been very bad for about five years now, and they were on the decline of that for three years before that. But that's come but but like it's been so tolerable and understanding because they won three championships in in six years. Right. You know, it's the same thing. Like, like being a Giants fan lately has been absolutely abysmal and heartbreaking. But the two championships in five years make that way more tolerable. So, like, we'll give winning a championship, like, we'll call it a plus 10. Right. So, winning, like, championships, would, well, championships would just be a multiplier. Of, it would be a multiplier of 10 type of thing. Because, you know, like, obviously, like, the White Sox have only won one since I've been watching baseball. But... You know, the Steelers have won two. Right. You know, so it would be two times type of thing. And then I think behind that, somewhere in like maybe like the seven range. Would that be like playing in a championship and losing? Because. Yeah, like like making it to the championship game and losing. We've because all, we all experienced that. Yes. No. Have, no, have we? Yeah, we all have. Bears lost the Super Bowl. Steelers lost the Super Bowl. Rams lost the Super well, Bowl. So I guess I guess what it'll depend on then it'll depend on when Mock constitutes himself being a, a, a knowledgeable Yankees fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess so. Could we equate that? Like, I mean, I, I'm using football as the example. Losing the Super well, Bowl and losing like the all right, so losing the championship and losing a conference championship as the same. That way, there's an equalizing for for Mock. No, because it doesn't. It's not the same. I mean, because I'm mean, just look, I'm just looking at it from this point of view. I mean, how many how many conference championships have the Steelers lost since you've been watching football? A few. I, I mean, the top man. I got. I want to say. So did you five. feel the same? Did you feel the same way when they lost the conference championship as when you did when they lost to Green Bay? No. No, it's not the same thing. No. So it's it's got to be weighed differently. So like the way that it works, I think in in my mind to to create a, a proper number is making it to the championship and losing it has to have its own number. Obviously okay. less than winning the championship, but still high. That's fair. Because that, you, that makes you sense. You made, made, made it to the final game of the season. Um, and then after that, I think it's kind of a, a point system that would have to be derived for like like a base number for playoff appearances with like an exponent for depth into the playoffs. Okay. Cause like, and I think what you do is, is I think in that instance, you rule out for making the playoffs, you rule it out in terms of 
whether it's via winning the division or um, making it as a wild card. Because you just you made the playoffs either way. You're going to be just as excited. You know, like, I mean, this is me speaking, but, like, I'm going to be just as excited if the Bears make the playoffs by winning the NFC North as I am as if they make it as the first wild card team. Agreed. The playoffs are the playoffs. Um, so there would be some sort of exponent thing to that. So the way we'd have to look at it is, like, so the MLB and the or the uh, NBA and the NHL are both eight teams from each conference, so that would make it what four games or four rounds? Round of round of what? Round of sixteen, yeah. round of eight, round of four, and then two. Yep. Okay, so then the NFL is the same way, right? Wild card weekend, divisional championship, and Super Bowl. Yep. Baseball now is wild card weekend, divisional championship, and championship, and World Series. Yep, and so that so so they're all four. So that's perfect. So we would just make some sort of a derivative. So basically, like it would be you know making the playoffs, and then there would be like a derivative type of thing that goes with it. So like, let's say the Steelers made the playoffs eleven times in your time watching, it would be. 11 times the number that we associated to winning, making the playoffs. And then there would be uh, like an exponent that goes with it, you know, uh, an exponent for, you know, by t- to the one for first round exits to the two for, you know, one round advancement to the three for three round advancement type of thing. And so what we would actually, we would eliminate four. It would be three because it, we've already equated making it to the Super Bowl, you know, you don't need to do it to the four because you either made the Super Bowl and lost or you made it in one, which we've already equated in our previous thing. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So then from, so that pretty much kind of sums up the playoffs, which, you know, there's that, that's kind of the big hitter. You know, you're the more your team is in the playoffs and the more that they win in the playoffs, the less your misery is, you know? So like, it's important to note that because while Kendall and Kyle have both witnessed the same amount of Super Bowl wins as Mock, their their misery number is going to be way way higher because of the amount of playoff runs the Steelers have had versus the Giants. Right. Which I think is important. So then from there, I think we factor in um we do something with factoring an overall record since watching. Yep. I was going to say like um, season finishes and whatnot. Well, oh, just overall number record, just like what, you know, fucking like 114 to 176. Okay. Lump you know sum I mean? it. Just, yeah. Lump sum overall record. And then kind of like a, where they finished either uh, where, where they finished either in the division or in the overall standings, because the other thing that all, all four sports share is that they don't uh, playoffs are not ac- accounted by where you finished in the league. It's where you finish in your conference mm-hmm. or league or whatever. So we can kind of equate that as well. Um, and then I'll probably just throw in some other. Uh, oddball extremities for certain sports that apply. So like, for example, for the NFL, it would be a like first round draft pick bus. Yeah. That is, that, that's, that's a big deal for, for football. For football. Yeah. First round, you know, drafting somebody in the first round and having them turn out to be shitty is a big thing. Um, 
I think the same thing can be made for uh uh what what you call it um for all four sports would be something along the lines of like star power injury kind of thing like the amount of times a major player on your team has been you know missed more than half the season due to an injury losses to division rivals big yeah we could do, yeah losses losses to division rivals for football um for baseball it could be uh losses to a specific team you know so like for the mets i think it would for the mets it would be the uh the braves for the phillies it would be the nationals for the Cardinals, it would be the Cubs. For the White Sox, it would be the um, uh, Tigers. You know, or like what? Like I guess, I guess, really, what it would be is I'd, I'd have to ask you what's your least favorite team. So, like, Massey, like, what's, what's your least favorite team for the Rams to lose to? The Forty ers or the Seahawks? You have to ask. It's the Niners because of Sebi, right? It's just the Niners in general, regardless of Sebi. All right, so so the Niners, so like losses to the Niners specifically. Because, like, that equates into your misery. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's important that we make this somewhat personal because it's misery is, you know. Right. Misery comes in all shapes and sizes. Um, You know, I, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take the loss of the, I'm going to take the Bears loss on Sunday a lot differently than Kyle's going to take the Steelers loss. Um, And, you know, I think something could be said, too, to be factored into just, like, a certain numbness of misery. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I am gonna say though, Mass. Uh, I am gonna factor if we're just doing the Rams here. I am gonna factor your one year as a Raptors fan into this. That's fine. Because <laughs> we we did the whole wheel thing, and you were actually kind of invested in the Raptors for just the year, and then they won. <laughs> I mean, I still pay attention to the Raptors. I was so, but I was just so pissed because didn't the Cardinals also like make the World Series that year? Yeah, Massey had a uh, really good sports year. I went. Uh, three for four. Um, I had the Rams win. Uh, the uh, no, I think the Rams. No, uh, I think the Rams won. Um, the Blues won. Raptors NBA championship. What year did they win? They won in twenty nineteen. So that's the year the Rams lost. Oh, so yeah, the Rams you're right. were the one because the Blues won, and then. I think the Cardinals won too. That's what yeah. was the Blues. It was the Blues. The Cardinals didn't win in 2019. So I went two for four. But I think well, I no. went three for four going to the championship. Right. Lost one, one, two. All right. Not a bad day. Not a bad day. Kendall had the complete opposite happen. Yeah. In one whole day. Because I think 2019, I think that's when the Nationals beat the Astros. Um, I think Harp went in 2018. Yeah. Like 2018 was his last year as a National. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Because I'm pretty, if I remember correctly, too, because didn't the didn't the Nationals come? The Nationals won like two games in a row to seal it, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it went. I'm pretty sure it went seven. Because I think Washington came out, won the first two, then lost three in a row. Everyone was like, "Okay, this is done." And then Washington went out and won the last two. 
I think so. so I remember I, I was like w- at a work retreat, like overnight, yeah. and I like watched the game like in a hotel room. What was the World Series that me, me, you, and Jeff watched in your basement, where like Game Seven ended up being like a real dud? Was it uh, Houston, Cleveland? Yeah, I, I think it was one of the Houston no. ones. Was no, it not? I, I don't think it was. No, I think it was Cleveland. Was it? Was it Cleveland Cubs? I don't think. Did we see the Cubs win? It was also like twenty fifteen. I mean, it, it could have been. It, it, I just remember it had been a really big. I remember it was like a blowout early. Yeah, maybe it was the Astros. I don't remember what year it was though. That's the problem. I mean, we were we were at a college. That's all I can remember. And actually, it, I can't even remember. I mean, there was very few times that, like, other than, like, recording a show, that would be hanging at my parents' house. Can't even think of it. Uh, yeah, nothing for you. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Paul, you said that. I see your thing lighting up. I don't hear you. Can you hear me now? There we go. I don't know why it's so weird. Like I have to move my phone like every fifteen minutes, and it or, or it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't understand why. It's Apple. They're after you. Yeah, actually, Kendall. I think it was the Astros' first championship. I think it was when they beat the Dodgers. Okay. Because like I think all those games had been. Now that I'm thinking about it, because like game one was like three to one. Kershaw pitched a gem, and then. Like game two was like seven to six and extras. Game three, I think, was close. Four was I think I think a lot of them were like close. And then like one was like randomly like wicked high fucking scoring, like double digits for both teams. But it was a game seven we watched, right? It was a game seven, yeah. And Houston went up like yeah, I'm looking up oh, lost you there. Can you hear me now? Yep. It's so fucking weird. Houston went up what? Houston went up five nothing in the first two innings. Yeah, yeah, it's on. I think that was the game. Is I think it got to a point that like we we had the game on, but we were barely paying attention to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, and then if you guys feel free over the week, if you want to chime in on anything, you know, uh, baseball or whatever related, or even if, even if it's a sport you guys don't watch, basketball or hockey. And you want to chime in with something that you think could add to the misery or deduce from the misery? Because I think that's important too. Is like, you know, like uh, being a Bears fan, for example. You know, like they weren't, they haven't been particularly good in the last twenty years. Uh, but there, there was still, you know, like something like a Devin Hester. You know, like you know, like th- there was excitement. Devin yeah. Hester, Matt Forte, like that's, there's certain players that made it watchable. That's a good idea. Players to be excited about. That's 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 a big thing. So, so yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll work. I mean, I think we kind of got some rough numbers down. I don't think they need to be exact, but um, we can equate it and then uh, we can kind of explain it as we go. Don't even bother telling uh, Mark or Kyle about it. Um. You know, it'll be like a fun thing we can kind of like explain to them and then listen, you know, to be kind of, you know, listen to them either agree or have discrepancies against. Yeah, I mean, we can, as far as they go, we can kind of decide like for them 
Because, I mean, we know him well enough. Yeah. Because I think I could even, like, put in something, too, like, the like Hall of Fame players. Like, you know, I mean, players that we got to see, like, you know, a multitude of years for um, that ended up making it to the Hall of Fame for, like, our, like, you know, like, so, for example, like, Troy Palomalo. Right. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Is he not in the Hall of Fame yet? Yeah. No, I thought was it was when it did he retire? Year? What did he go on last year? I thought it was this past year. I could be I wrong. Say, I, feel, I say I feel like he's been retired for like nine years now. But like, but like Heinz Ward, uh, you know, Orlando Pace, Brian Erlacher, you know, that kind of like you know, like the first. Because let me tell you something. Pre '06 was a rough time to watch the Bears. <laughs> You're, you know what? He was inducted. I'm sorry. Well, were, were him and Ed Reed inducted together? Uh, or was Ed Reed the year before? Double check. I gotta Ed tell Reed you, was the year before. Yeah, I think Ed Reed went in with Brian Erlacher. I gotta tell you though, there is nothing on this planet that I love more than. Like post retirement, Ed Reed just letting his beard go. Oh yeah, and I, I, I don't, I don't really care what anybody says. Ed Ed Reed was so good. Yeah, yeah, guy was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing. This is this is the way I've always approached the uh, the argument for um the whole Ed Reed versus Troy Palomalo thing. Because Kyle gets really heated about it all the time. I think Ed Reed was just by and by. I think Ed Reed was a better player. I think yeah. Troy Palomalo had a higher IQ. I think he was more of a, the rah-rah guy in the locker room. But I think in terms of just a playmaker and a player, I think it was Ed Reed through and through. But Troy Palomalo has two rings and Ed Reed doesn't. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a good way to look at it. Palomalo has two rings and three Super Bowls appearances, and Ed Reed has one ring and one Super Bowl appearance, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I think from uh, that 2000s Ravens was just Ray Lewis, only only holdover. Yeah, because Ed Reed didn't come until 2002. Yeah. And then, and then he played half the year with the Texans, half the year with the Jets. Yeah. Too bad. Because, like... Yeah, it's just like a, like a weird thing to kind of like close edge career. Yeah. The year he retired was the year of the ugliest Super Bowl in history. Is that the Patriots Rams? Yeah. No, the uh No, that one wasn't ugly. It was just like poor. I mean like like the Bronco Seahawks one, just the weather. Oh, right, right, right. They tried right. to they, they tried to play an outdoor Super Bowl in the cold weather, and it bit him in the ass. And then they'll never do it again. Yeah, that for me will always be the biggest kind of like what if for for a Super Bowl. Well, I hate that Super Bowl for a totally different reason. What's that? I, I hate it because the uh, fucking asshole that was uh, fucking uh, what's his name. Oh, oh, the the center who who high yeah. snapped it, yeah, yeah. Fuck him. I, I hope that guy. I hope if if he has kids, I hope they don't know how to read. 
yeah, and that's if, they've what, how to, if they've already learned how to read, I hope they forget how to read. That's what des- destroyed the Devin Hester fastest score. Yeah. Manny, Manny uh, Ramirez. Je- Devin Hester had the fastest score in Super Bowl history, and it probably would have stood forever. But the first play of the game was a touchback, so the clock never ran, and then Manny Ramirez snapped the ball 10 yards over and behind Peyton Manning's head on an all-out blitz by the Seahawks. So Cliff Averill scooped it and scored it. Yeah, that was really that, that was basically the entire tone of the Super Bowl from that point on. It also ruined it too, because I mean, like that Bear season was so special. Devin Hester was like so incredible, and I will forever remember. Like I can't remember who the commentary crew for CBS was. I guess it was Jim Nance, Phil Simms for CBS. Uh, basically said, "Don't kick to Hester," and then you know, but they do. They kick to Hester, and he literally scores on the on the play. Was it was it Cliff Averill that scored it? Was it a safety? No, it was a touchdown. It was, it was a, a touchdown? high snap. I, I thought it was a high snap. It w- it was a high snap, but I for whatever reason I thought it was like. Oh, it might have been a safety. Him, him and No. Sean Moreno ran back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it was it was No. Sean Moreno. It was down by a safety, but who who scored it? Uh, you might have. It might have been Cliff Averill who made the, uh, the cool it was tackle. Cliff Averill. Yeah. Who won the MVP that year for them, though? Who won Super Bowl MVP? Cliff Averill. Was it Cliff Averill? Yeah, he had like an interception. Um, Pretty sure he had two defensive touchdowns. Did he have two? Um, I mean, I kind of like blocked that Super Bowl out of my mind. I think everybody does, except for the Seahawks fans, because... Let's see. Oh, no, it was actually Malcolm Smith who won MVP. Malcolm Smith? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's people from that Seahawks team that I, I no longer remember. Like, I think that, that that secondary, that Legion of Boom was probably, like, the most famous. I mean, I guess Bobby Wagner. Well, I mean, that was kind of the start of it, really. That was prime. Like I have trouble well, remembering who the defensive linemen were. I don't. I don't know if that was like. Was it prime? I feel like it was like right in the beginning of the prime window. Because like there was still like the Legion of Boom when they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, that was the next year. But that was the next year. Right, and then I feel like there was still the Legion of Boom like the year after. Yeah, I think so. I mean, these are. I mean, I, I don't, Cliff Averill. I remember Michael Bennett. Obviously, oh, I don't yeah. remember Clinton. I don't. Remember, I very vaguely remember Chris Clemens. Yeah, I remember. I remember TJ Wright. I remember Bobby Wagner. I do not remember Walter. Obviously, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell, Cam Chancellor. But I will tell you. Now, granted, this won't change, but there was only one Hall of Fame defensive player in that Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because why is Dominique Rogers Camardi not in the Hall of Fame? Too busy paying child support. <laughs> when did he retire? Oh, he only retired in 2019, so it's not eligible. So <laughs> Dominique, Dominique Rogers Camardi will make it. Um, I don't think Wes Welker is ever going to make it. Demarius Thomas might make some sort of like weird wing thing. I don't know if they have. 
something like that. Yeah. I don't think he will. He just didn't play long enough. I mean, unfortunately, I think Russell Wilson will make it at some point. There's no shot. You don't think so? No. Marshawn Lynch, though. Marshawn Lynch will make it. Marshawn Lynch will make it. Doug Baldwin's not making it. Max Unger could make it. He was a pretty good center for a while. Because he was good. Remember, he he was really good back in the Saints days before he got traded to the Seahawks. Yeah. Or no, he was traded to the Saints for Jimmy Graham, right? Oh, maybe. Was that that trade? I always get that. that sounds familiar. I get him and like the Olin Krutz thing confused. No, the Olin Krutz Kru- went to the Saints from the Bears. Pretty sure Max Unger and Jimmy Graham were part of the same trade. That sounds right. I I remember that. Defensive side. I mean, I don't know if Clifford Averill's going to make the Hall of Fame. Same thing with like Michael Bennett. I don't think so. Well, like Richard Sherman's going to make it. Bobby Wagner's going to make it. Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas are both going to make it. So let's see. Yeah, so, okay, so Cliff Averill's got a safety on Noshan Marino. Then then Hauschka kicked the field goal. Then another field goal. Then Marshawn Lynch scored. And then Malcolm Smith had a 69-yard interception return for a touchdown. And then Percy Harvin had an 87-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that. Then Jermaine Curse had a 23-yard reception for a touchdown. And then after that, with time expiring in the third quarter... Demarius Thomas caught a 14-yard touchdown from Peyton Manning and a two-point conversion to Wes Walker to make the score 36 to eight. And I think the Broncos, I mean the uh, Seahawks, scored one more time. Yeah, Doug Baldwin. Let <laughs> me just poured it on. There he is. Got pretty drunk during that Super Bowl, though. <laughs> yeah, I think I left halfway through to drive. My- <laughs> I uh, tell the story a million times, but my highlight of the Super Bowl is me chugging that Red's Apple Ale. I kind of forgot all about that. <laughs> so dumb. Massey, were you at that Super Bowl with us? No, but I saw pictures oh. and videos. Because that was what? That was our junior year, right? Yeah. I was at. I, that that was, was house. Yeah, the one like random Super Bowl we watched there. I'm trying to remember. I think I watched... What was the Super Bowl our freshman year? Was that the Giants beating the Patriots? Yes, I was home for that one. Yeah, I think I watched that one in Winthrop by myself. And then I remember the Ravens-Niners Super Bowl I watched at work because I remember thinking the computers shut down when the blackout happened. Yeah, because I was, I was in the dorm for that one. Yeah, I had to work, and I didn't. I was like, "Oh, I like watched that with Kendall." I'm trying to think. I, I, yeah. That that second Super Bowl, I think. Oh man, I don't remember. I I, I, wanna, I probably watched it at Eastern. I think the only reason I was home for the Giants Super Bowl was I think it was, it was like Rebecca's birthday. Yeah. Maybe. I always. It's funny. I can always. Re- Sometimes I forget what years I went to college, and then I just remember, like, okay, I went to college. My first year of college was the year Andrew Luck got drafted, and that was 2012. 
or no, 2000. He got drafted in 2011, right? Yeah. Wait. Uh, yeah, because so that was because that was RG three as well. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they got drafted. The, they got drafted during our freshman year. Yes. Yeah, they got drafted after that giant Super Bowl win. Because yeah, it was what Andrew Luck and then RG three, right? Yep. Yeah. God, I wonder what the NFL would have. I wonder what the NFL would look like today if it was the other way around. Or the picture well, They both retired because of injuries. So. Yeah, but I mean. That's it's interesting to think about though because like the Colts like Andrew Luck got banged up so bad because the Colts didn't have an offensive line the first five years of his career and RG three had a better skill set to evade trouble. Whereas on the Washington sides of thing, they were kind of able to keep RG three up and let him kind of do his thing. So it's like I wonder like would RG three have gotten hurt sooner and Andrew Luck would have had a longer career. Or yeah. maybe, maybe who knows? I'm, I'm interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, shut up, Kendall. All right, uh, let's, let's dive into these beer reviews real quick. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get Massey get get getting off the bed. He's done more than enough tonight, being sick and hopping on, entertaining <laughs> you swines. Uh, Kendall, what'd you have to drink? Uh, so I had uh, from the Dogfish Head uh, Variety Pack. This is the Slightly Mighty Locale IPA. I mentioned a mass. I had my reservations going into this. Just anytime you hear locale, anything IPA, this is like for the the active person who wants to drink an IPA. Uh, it was kind of what I expected. Four percent ABV. Uh, they they sure to make mention on the top of the can. Ninety five calories, three point six carbs. The description here is: This locale IPA is brewed with uh, mighty aromatic hop varieties that deliver tropical notes with a slightly sweet balance provided by the monk fruit. Excuse me. Um, unfortunately, I don't really know enough about the monk fruit to have that that determining like, oh, oh, sure, I got a, a catch of that. To me. This was like any other IPA that is trying to do that. Hey, we want to be able to have an IPA for the active person, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I would say that on first sip, it's reasonable. It's, it is that very like crisp, like not, not too heavy, but as, as you finish that, it's, it kind of, there's not, there's not like a, Oh wow! I'm getting notes of that those tropical fruits that they're mentioning. I, I'm I'm not getting that at all. I'm not gonna probably see this beer around. I think this was just for the variety pack. So with that being said, uh, we'll call it one point four out of five stars. Would not get again. And in between, I had some Miller High Life Switcher. Excellent all the time. Nice, Matthew. Did you end up having anything to drink tonight? Uh, just some water. Nice. How was it? Christmas refreshing. Beautiful. Uh, as I mentioned before, I had uh, some pre-show beverages. Um, I had I had a, a black berry uh, white claw. Um, the reason I was willing to kind of give it a shot is just from the standpoint of like that ABV, like the lower ABV kind of crushability type component is always entertaining to me. Um, Obviously, the trend has been the seltzers and whatnot. Um, and I've grown to really start liking seltzer. Uh, the seltzer component to it was actually like, you know, 
doable. The blackberry, like I, I could see myself liking them, the, those seltzery type things. The problem is just that it, it's it's a fake blackberry. It's medicinal. Um, it's mm-hmm. usually that's the case with all those. I, I don't like the fake fruit taste. It's just not my thing. Um, I I just so I can't really get myself to it. So you know, point five out of five. Um, and then I had a Pilsner Urquell, which, um, it's a very good solid beer, but there's just, there's something about beer in a green glass. It's just, I don't know if it's just like a psychiatric thing for me. Like I just like, I see the green glass and I'm like, oh, this is going to have kind of like a yeasty skunky taste. Yeah. I know. Um, so, I mean, it kind of, kind of a negative preconceived notion before I even really open it, but. I mean, it's it's a solid imported beer. I know it's a Mike Mock favorite. It's it's not a favorite of mine in terms of the imports, but it's definitely like a doable beer. Just you know, can or draft would be a billion times better. So I'll give the beer itself a three point two five out of five, but the vessel in which I drink it a one. I like that. I like that. It's a caveat there. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's just like you know, like Guinness out of a can is a fucking five out of five. Guinness out of a bottle is a four out of five. <laughs> Bingo. Big difference. Guinness on draft is in its own category. Yeah, bingo, bango, bongo. Um, and then one last thing. Uh, I might be reaching out to uh, you guys, cause just because I don't think Mox is going to be available and Kyle just won't care. We might be taking a road trip at some point in the next month to month and a half to New Jersey, so you guys might need to gear up and get ready to come with me. Oh, I'm ready. I heard there's a liquor store in New Jersey that's got... Uh, bourbon counties that we don't get in connecticut as well as bourbon counties still on their shelf dating back five years and uh this guy's got a burning a hole in his pocket you just tell me you're gonna say some red dog well hey maybe we get lucky there too i don't care about the red dog (laughs) hey listen you you name the time and i'm there well, I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of this location to make sure it's true. I don't want to drive there to find out it's not. Yeah. Oh, that was true seven years ago. My bad. Yeah. But, I mean, if I if I can get down there and I find out that they have, like, 2019 Chicago Proprietors Blend, um, yeah. yeah. Sold. So. Uh, where, can they, uh, where can they tune in to find our grief rankings in a week or two? Well, uh, they can find uh, all our content uh, at uh, Facebook, Getting Sports with Drunk, uh, Twitter, Instagram, GSWD underscore four. Make sure you use the hashtag GSWD for all of, the, all of your daily uses, whether it's not talking on the podcast for 10 minutes because you couldn't uh, get yourself unmuted while you were trying to take a poop, which is what I did, <laughs> or, you know, um, just blowing off your friend, Aww. not answering, not Aww. answering. That's important. Uh, or, uh, or supporting a sick mullet. Thank you. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff, all that social media mumbo jumbo. Um, yeah. And hey, you could listen to us anywhere Google Play, yeah. Spotify, you know, Snapple Caps. Snapple Caps. Yeah, listen we're around. We literally say yeah, it so. every week. We're everywhere. Ew, God, that was terrible. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be allowed to talk anymore. Massey, I hope you feel better, buddy. Thanks, dude. I appreciate and you it. Will, you will feel better soon, but until then, I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler. Nope, nope. That's Chris Massey. And the Rat of Red Baron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Yeah. 